ain't no Montagues or Capulets, just banging tunes and DJ sets. You're listening to the family album with John and Rebecca. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. Yes, how are you, Rebecca? I'm good. Good. Uh, f- do you know of any music this week? Because I really haven't been paying attention much. Neither have I. I no, it's been a bit... It's It's been a low week for music, mm. sadly. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. So, we'll just launch into the main thing. We may as well. Mm, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah there's, there's literally nothing on. So, yeah, so, you know start as we mean to go on by bumbling about a bit I think it's the best way to Um, bubble get about yeah so this week I made Rebecca listen to whatever people say I am that's what I'm not by the Arctic Monkeys and considering how she mentioned in the last episode that she'd heard the Arctic Monkeys but didn't recognise the album name yes I knew exactly what we were in for we were in for somebody who had not heard the Arctic Monkeys early stuff yes well, it's in... dramatically different to their more recent stuff. Well, to be honest, I haven't really listened to the Arctic Monkeys. I, I'm trying to think. I think it's. I'm trying to think if no, that's that's Plan B. No, I, I think what's that coming over the hill is the Arctic Monkeys, right? That's oh, that's not the Arctic Monkeys. No. No, I didn't think it was. That's I can't remember who that is. <laughs> Can I? Goodbye, uh, Mr. A came into my head as well, but that's Plan that's B, isn't the who's. it? That's the Who. Goodbye, Mr. Yeah, it's the Hoosiers. Oh, Hoosiers. Yeah, we were meant to sing oh, like year six, but we decided to go Don't Stop Me Now for our leave assembly. I was really disappointed with that. I don't know. I think it's a good choice. Goodbye, Mr. A. We were going to change the lyrics so it matched our head teacher's initial. That would have been would, good. Oh, it was the automatic been... who did What's That Coming Over the Hill. Oh. Well, it's technically, the song is technically old monster, but... Yeah, well, it's, it's it's the same era of indie rock music. Yeah, I'm trying. I've heard of the Arctic Monkeys, but apparently I haven't heard a song. Uh, probably you probably I've... heard a lot of their more recent stuff, yeah. which is but gotten really popular. Yeah, I. But their early stuff, every Arctic Monkeys album is different. I should cl- I should clarify, every it's a different sound, it's a noticeably different sound. Yeah, I like so... that because it shows the artist is evolving. Yeah, I don't. It's not even evolving. It's just trying different things, really. Yeah, just basically having fun with music, which you mm, should. Exactly. It was a good album. I must admit, I mm. did listen to it a lot. Mm. It, I mean, it's the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. They're yeah British classic in a sense. Yeah, they are kind of an institution at this point. <laughs> well, I, I, I love this album for a lot of different reasons. I went to uni in Sheffield so the references to uh, places in Sheffield I do really like mm. like mentions of uh, Hillsborough, Rotherham and Hunter's Bar yeah when I had Hillsborough like thinking, yeah. yeah you think of the thing straight to the, tra- the disaster yeah yeah but it, it is very homegrown yeah it's definitely and homegrown it's, it's difficult to discuss this because it's very British it's very yeah. modern British and it's and it, it works superbly well in what it tries to be. Yeah, in, it's really easy to understand if you're British, but I feel Americans yeah. who listen who yeah, listen to it might struggle. That's why the Arctic Monkeys didn't get much acclaim until their most recent album, AM. Yeah. Because the Americans, even with some of their more toned down stuff, the Americans didn't quite get it. Yeah. They didn't quite understand a lot of the things, but AM is a bit more. Uh, What's the word? Accessible. Yeah. It's a lot more accessible album, which is good. Yeah. And it's a really good album. Don't get me wrong. I love the album. Yeah. But I 
a part of me just longs for the Arctic Monkeys that just sang about lad life in in England. Yeah, I kind of feel very like laddie. Yeah, it's it's a look into our culture in a sense. Yeah, like lad culture is a big thing in the UK. It's a big thing here, but in America, yeah. it doesn't really exist. America has bro culture. Yeah, which is completely different, but not as different. When I think of a bro in America, I do not think of the equivalent to a lad in the UK. You no, have to admit I... that. No, I, I would I would think there's a lot of similarities. Both very strong uh, airs of misogyny about them. Yeah. Very, uh, what's the word? Interesting taste in clothing. No, interesting, very, I don't think it's the right word, but uh, I'll go with different. it. Different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be diplomatic about it. Yeah. The only thing but, that comes into my head when I think of a lad is a chav, but that's a very yeah, northern well, word. No, Chev is very all over England. I mean, it probably started in the north, but it took place, took hold very strongly yeah. in the south as well. Yeah, but it's didn't dad doesn't dad used to call call them something different because he's from the south? And they yeah, but I can't remember what the word is. No, neither can I. No. Oh, it's but... Towie comes to my mind, but that's yeah. not it. No, that's not it. It's I don't know what the word is. It's probably has some roots in some very. Uh, Offensive terminology, I'd imagine. It's dad. Chav is yeah. just yeah. Chav is just disparagement against the working class, basically. Yeah. No, it's it, well, yes. Chav is Chav. Chav is hugely working. You would not find a middle class Chav. You would find you a middle could, class you, trying to be a Chav, but not a Chav. Yeah, you could not find a middle class Chav. Like middle class Chavs don't exist. They try to exist, but they don't. They don't no. get it. No. They don't understand it. It's just it. I don't know. It's. Spot the chav is something we used to do on the bus. Yeah. Because a chav is literally yeah. just someone who wears a tracksuit, and the only reason yeah. they probably wear a tracksuit is because they can't afford other clothes. Yeah. So, Not I even don't... that, like, it's... It's sort of a chav... culture. Yeah, it is very much a culture, but it, it's it's difficult for us to understand, because when we were younger, like, we looked down on chavs. Now yes. I'm a bit more, you know, understanding about it. Yeah. I, like, I get it more. Basically, chavs way to describe them is they don't have the best dress sense and they are annoying most of the time most of them are mm. annoying some of them are nice some but most of the chavs that i knew were complete and utter twats yeah so that's sort of the way to describe a chav not the best dress sense but, no. and don't really like rules yeah basically well, i suppose bro culture is different in america because that has no class barrier to it like you can be the mm. kid of an incredibly rich person and still be a bro. In fact, you're probably more likely to be a bro. Yeah. Like, so that's the main difference between bro and lad culture, I think. Bro yeah. culture, it doesn't have... Bro culture is... transcends class, whereas lad, whereas lad culture and chav culture is very much working class. And yeah. Chav is used a lot to mean anybody who is working class. Yeah. It's used to mean anybody... Yeah, anybody who's working class and is young, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because like it's very because like there was a long period where every where chav was just a very common slur that you used against working class people yeah and it was very common very often used it was even used by the working class yeah but not in the way that because in the uk class is america's version of race yeah to a hugely lesser degree 
yeah. or a massively lesser degree, but that's the division. Mm, definitely. And like... that's the main division. And so, like, it's difficult to describe it without using that as an example. Yeah. So, like, but, like, working class people would use the word chav to describe people who look like chavs. Yeah. Whereas upper and middle class people would use the word chav to describe anybody who was working class. Yeah, but also, and... like, chavs use chava, which is basically another way of saying chavs to their mates, sort of thing. So yeah. oh, I, can't, I can't believe I just said that word first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah. Of all, uh, we... Best way to describe that to Americans would be uh, the difference between the N-word with a, with a hard E-R at the end mm. and the N-word with an A at the end. That's yeah. the best way to describe the difference between chav and chava. Yeah, that is... It's, in it's a an sense, attempt to reclaim this, it. Yeah, it's a way to reclaim it the same as the way that they use the N-word now. Yeah. Which is good because now, is, even though ch- chavs are still looked down on, and are probably less likely to get the job... You don't, hear the word, you don't hear the word chav being used that much. No, you just... I don't think you... you don't, I've not really heard the word chav being used unless it was somebody referencing something in the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, you don't see you don't see the word being used. No. It's kind of it, fallen out of fashion. You but hear it in schools, getting, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to the uh, album... Yes, getting back to What the I album. find is interesting, what I find is very interesting about this, is that despite the fact that this is rooted in the time period that it is, very heavily rooted in the early 2000s, this album, mm. it hasn't aged, really. No, it's... It's it, very still appropriate. Yeah, it's really appropriate still because nothing's really some, yeah. changed in the sense yeah. of what that album is about. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's ever changed. I mean, you could go back in time like 30 years before it was released and play it to someone and they'd understand everything that's being said. I mean, there's a few lines in there that are really outdated. I mean, the line, the one that immediately springs to mind that aged really badly is... Um, uh, you're not surprised when she's pressed the stub after she's pressed the lock. That was how you used to unlock old Nokia phones. Oh, God. Yeah, you press the lock, then you press the star to unlock it. Yeah, well, you see, I never had a Nokia. I went straight to yeah. LG, a cheap £10 yeah. phone. Well, that's because when you went to a... When you got a phone, Nokia was starting on their way out. They yeah. were starting their massive decline by not keeping up with absolutely anything. No. But it's... But even then, like that's aged... Per- perfectly well that album yeah the album as a whole like there's beautiful wonderful songs in it that you always hear still I mean I bet you look good on the dance floor is a massive song even now oh, people God, yeah. still listen to it regularly yeah I I recognise that song I guess I did recognise mm. that song because it's you just hear that like the chorus every now and then like it's mm. a song that is used it's, it's used in some TV shows as well I think yeah I can't it's a lot just, of British it's just TV something shows. that yeah, it's it's used to describe a sort of it's used to sort of create a sort of situation because it you listen to it and it reminds you of because like even back back when I started uni like the Arctic Monkeys were long like this album was long long ago it was like probably ten years I think when did this album come out um, um da, 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 da. I think it was two thousand four it came out two thousand six is what Spotify's saying. Uh, yes, 2006, I've got the same here. Yeah, 2006. So, yeah, ten years ago, but it would have been four, or f- would have been five or six years ago since after I started uni. And I bet you look on the dance floor, it was still played a lot in clubs. 
because it yeah. still had that sort of massive cultural impact. People knew it. It is the British version of Mr. Brightside. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's just something that you hear and it instantly puts you in a mood. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's wonderful and amazing for that. And again, like this album was hugely groundbreaking. Yeah. For so I many can reasons. See because it, it kind of. Because it stepped out of the shadow that um, people groups like the Libertines had created. It was mm. like the post. It was like sort of like a. Because like music at that. That kind of music. And it was sort of in a post Britpop indie muddle. I didn't really know where it was. It was kind of aimless. And then the Arctic Monkeys came along with this and just set the tone for the next 10 years. Yeah. For British indie rock. And it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a great it's, album. It's very... It's hard to... Because, like, a lot of these songs work really well. Because it's... Because, like, um... My... Because, like, they all... It's, it's so difficult to talk about this album mm. without having heard it. Yeah. Because like, I listened to it today to remind myself of it, mm. and like it's because like it's all very precise, and despite the fact that it sounds like it was sort of made in a shed very quickly and loosely, it's all very the songwriting. It is very tight and very precise yeah. and very accurate. Like, like um, "Red Light Indicates Doors Are Secured" is a great song. Mm. It's yeah, wonderfully. It's just such a perfectly tightly precisely written song. Yeah, definitely. Like I like the ending of the like the last song, the ending of that, just the slow taper off is gorgeous. Mm. It's it's so hard to do that because mm. oh, a certain romance is a superb song. Yeah, and just because it, it's it's the perfect it end very, to an album, really. Yeah, because it's, it's just a great end to the album. It's like it it's just gorgeous. It's a great yeah. song. It also like wonderfully like basically takes the piss out of the idea of oh music isn't what it once was yeah because like it's basically him saying ah stuff's gone wrong but then there's all this stuff but still but yeah but still <laughs> so it's it's oh, i don't know why i've lost the ability to talk today. <laughs> i know no. i lost the ability to form my thoughts and i can't carry this show on my own you do all the talking <laughs> i am trying to reduce that i'm trying to get you to talk a bit more oh i'm gonna talk a lot about the next album don't worry yeah i'm actually done well yeah, I've got I've got a lot of research done in this album, mm. mainly about the band, but along with right. this album as well. And I can't explain this for some reason. Like for some reason, this album defies explanation. It's sort of a case of you can't get this without listening to it. Yeah, you've got because like some albums, a lot of albums, even great albums, you can describe why it's good. Yeah, like last week with the. Uh, my, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Like, I can explain why that album's great. And I did. I think I did quite well, to be honest. <laughs> like, great albums, you can explain really easily. There are a lot of great albums you can explain why it works really easily without having somebody listen to it. Mm. This album almost defies explanation. Yeah. It's almost... You need to listen to it to get it. Yeah, but you also need... At the same time, you kind of, in a sense, also need to be British or well-inversed in British culture as well. Because... Mm. Yeah, it's there's, there's like you would need like several thousand words to explain the why one of these songs works. Yeah, like because like I mentioned it before, like red light indicates doors are secured. That's the sign that you see on the inside of taxis. Yeah, that song title. If you gave that song title to an American, they wouldn't really know what you're on about. No, they wouldn't because they don't have that. They just no. They have they have taxis, obviously. 
They don't have that on them. No. So like, you've got to know that that means that. And you hear that. If a rich person hears that as a song title, they think, oh, it's a guy trying to get out of, the, get out of a paying for a taxi ride. Yeah. Which it is. <laughs> it is. And, but you get that. Yeah. And... It's very oh. British. That's just the one way to describe this album. Yeah. It's just it's British. Very, it's British, but not in the way most people would think of something as being British. No, it's very working class British, sort yeah. of thing. It's a great encapsulation of working class life. It's because like when people think of British, they think of the middle, upper class. They don't think of yeah. us. They don't think of the working class. Because yeah. it's like, everyone in Britain has to be posh. I mean, the accent yeah. that they always hear in TV is the posh. Yeah. You don't but, really hear a regional accent in British TV that goes abroad. No, no. Well, no. I guess with Doctor Who, you had. Um, oh yeah, you had Rose, and you had a. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Eccleston was Northern, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he was Northern. Because the well, whole... even then, that's very much several years of theatre school and that kind of thing, Northern. Yeah, so it but... still sounds Northern, but it's still very toned down. Yeah, it this is toned album down. Album is pure. Northern Yorkshire Sheffield sound. Yeah, but like, also just to get back into the it, you can yeah. hear it. Yeah, you do. You really hear the accent. But also to get back yeah. to the Doctor Who thing, the whole thing why I knew why I said Christopher Eccleston Doctor was because his line when Rose said said you sound like you're from the north. His defense was lots, lots of, planets, of planets, planets have a planets north. Planets have a north. Yeah, but like that's that's still like it. Yeah, and like that's that's Christopher Eccleston's northern accent has had a lot of theatre school kind of thing. Yeah, it's been, like, and got away. Art and uh, acting instruction in it. So it's still kind of gotten away from it. It's still recognisably North, but it's sort of very generic North. Yeah. So you don't really hear harsh Northern accents, or even regional accents like the Midlands. No. It's... Like, the last TV show I can think, which, like, had harsh, like, regional accents that weren't... Southern ones mm. is um, raised by wolves, which oh God, is a yeah. superb show. Superb, yeah. wonderful show. I highly reckon it was recently voted the uh, I think it was the either the sixth or the ninth best British sitcom of the twentieth century. Really? In a radio in a Radio Times poll. To be fair, show. Mrs. Brown's Boys was number one. So I never really watched Mrs. Brown's Boys, so I shouldn't pass judgment. No, I don't like it. I can't get into it. Yeah, I get why I some people would I, find I, it funny, but a lot of people like it, and a lot of people like it for different reasons. But I've never really had any inkling to watch it. No, because whenever I see but, um, Mrs. Brambrose, my brain just goes, we should watch Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it's true. Raised by Wolves got cancelled by Channel 4. What? I always wondered yeah. why the second season hadn't come. It got cancelled. No, there is, a, there is a second season. There's a second... Right, I know what I'm doing. I'm finding that. <laughs> yeah, it's very good second season as well. Oh. Really good. But it got cancelled by Channel 4 because oh. apparently the ratings weren't too great. But still, like... It was very good. And apparently they're wanting to get picked up by uh, someone else. They're hoping like, Netflix pays attention, which I hope they do. Yeah, me too. Netflix like... tends to do quite well with these kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of but... things that have moved, Channel Bake Off's gone. That yeah, me. Yeah, BBC lost Bake Off. It's gone to Channel 4 now. Too many... I, of, all, of all the places it could go, I trust Channel 4 the most. Not yeah. to fuck it up. But at the same time... The ad breaks are going to ruin the suspense. The ad break... I mean, Channel 4 tends to do ad breaks suspense-wise quite well, but it's still the same production company. There's still the same people behind it besides Mel and Sue. Yeah, but Mary Berry might not go. Yeah, I know. 
and, and Paul Hollywood will go anywhere, so you know he's yeah. safe. But still, it's it's not the Bake Off without Mel, Sue, and Mary. It's just no, it's, it's not. not. It really isn't. <laughs> and we've gone way off topic again. It's ve- it's a very British thing, so it fits with the album in yeah. a sense. Yeah, kind not of. Not really. Like you said, the album's indescribable. Like you have to listen to it and understand our culture to be able to understand it. So it's hard to describe. It's hard to describe an album mm. that is so in touch reliant, with the roots. Yeah, yeah, and it's reliant so reliant on... on our culture and the cultural understanding to get it properly. Yeah, and it's great for that. Oh yeah, because like you hear it and you immediately recognize lots of different things in there. You'll hear things and understand things. Like, um, Fake Tales of San Francisco mm. is great. Because it's all about... It's like the best line is, um, you're not from you're not from San Francisco, you're from Hunter's Bar, and I'm not sure the distance, but I'm, pre- I'm sure it's pretty far. <laughs> it's yeah. like ba- British bands who try to try to act like they're American and fail yeah. miserably. Ironically, Arctic Monkeys ended up doing that because they realised once they got really, really big, okay, we can't... We don't feel comfortable talking about really hyper local stuff anymore. Yeah, which well, is it's, fair. Yeah, it's hard to talk about hyper local stuff for them when it's going across the pond in a sense. It's going all the yeah. way to America, and so they've never been to Rotherham or mm. Hillsborough. They probably they may yeah. if they're interested in our history. They may have heard of the disaster of that yeah. happened in Hillsborough, but that's probably about it. Yeah, and so it's hard and, to do stuff like that. I mean, people even can, our discussion, like the. The class phrases we've used have probably lost on Americans. Yeah. Because, like, in America, middle class is their working class. Yeah. Whereas... So, like, we say, like, middle class is a sort of disparaging comment. And, like, mm. they see it as the majority of people. Like, we have working class at the bottom, middle class at the top, upper class at the top. And you can't get into the up. This is the thing. You can't get into the upper class. It's a wild, like, class culture info, info blast here going on. But anyway, no. the... <laughs> you can't get into the upper class. You cannot You're born get into, into it you can, and that's it. Yeah, you can potentially marry into it, but you can't work your way into it. No. You can work your way into the middle class, but you can't work your way into the upper class. You can, like I said, potentially marry into it, but you kind of have to be born into it because yeah. that's the uh, the dukes and the earls and that kind of thing is the upper class. Yeah. And occasionally the really, really, really rich people. Mm. But even then, when you think of really rich people, you think of middle class, not upper. Yeah, that's true. And then you've got people, you've got certain people who like, because it's not just about money either. Like, it's not just about income. Because the uh, best example of this is uh, Alan Sugar. Like, he is technically Lord Alan Sugar because he has he's a, he has a peerage, so he's in the House of Lords. Yeah. But I wouldn't call him, I wouldn't feel really comfortable calling him middle class or no. upper class. Because like, he doesn't put across that demeanour. Like, even now, like, even he got so many millions because he's a really good businessman but I don't feel comfortable calling him middle class because he's got a working class demeanour about him, he's got a working class sort of substance, even though he wears suits and that kind of thing, he's still the way he speaks, the way he talks, the way he uses phrases, it sounds and feels working class yeah, so class is not about money, no class is about status, it's not even about jobs, it's about status, it's about it's such an ephemeral thing, because like, because mm. like Alan, like I said, Alan Sugar, he has multi-million businesses. Well, he had multi-million businesses. He drives, he gets driven around in Rolls Royces, 
anybody like that, you would think he's middle class or upper class. Yeah. But because he, because of who he is, he's. I still feel more comfortable calling him working class. Yeah. Because when you think of upper and middle class, you don't think well. You don't really think of much work. No. You kind of. That's just, a, that's yeah. You just. They do work. They obviously work. It's just at the same time with upper class, they're born into money. They don't really mm. have to work. They could if they wanted, but at the same time, they don't have to. They've got the money, they don't have to worry. Whereas with working class and middle class, especially with working class, you have to work to get money. Yeah. You've got no choice. It's you work or you're broke. Yeah, or you go in the dole. Yeah. Which is a whole other discussion for another time. Yes, definitely on another discussion. We've been going on about this for a long time because we can't talk about the album that much. <laughs> what was your favourite song on the album? I can't pick one. Really? Like, yeah, because like, with me the album melded together so you can't really pick a certain song for me. Because like, the album just works too well as a whole to be able to pick pick and choose. Mm. As well as the fact that I can't really name any of the songs because I just mm. listen to it without looking at the title. But, oh, yeah. no. Um, oh, what song is it? I do know what song I did like, though, and I can't think of what it was called. Um, not then. Uh, Mardi Bum? I don't know. How did it go? It was, oh, there was a line of, uh, you don't, um, along the lines of, you don't look old enough to drunk. I'm sorry, I didn't. I was never told there was a certain age, or an age limit, or something like that. And I, well, I'm really bad oh. at remembering. It. Uh, oh, Riot Van. Riot Van. I thought it was Riot Van. Yeah, I yeah. really, That's really good. love that song. That is a really That's good song. Superb. It's it's That's... it. It sums up like our teenage It's cheeky. Yeah, no, it's because cheeky like, as fuck. And it I love is it. cheeky as fuck. But think about it, like. Most teenagers in the UK drink way before the yeah. 18 limit. It's like because... Oh, yeah. You just... We, just, we know there's a limit, but at the same time, culturally, legally, there is a limit. But culturally, it's not really a limit because hmm. because you just drink when you want to. Yeah. Especially in working class families. Like, alcohol yeah. is not seen as something evil that you can't touch. It's just seen as yeah. something... You should probably drink responsibly, but at the yeah, same time... You don't you, most times. No. Uh, right. What would you give the album out of ten? An eight. Right. Eight. I can't disagree with that. I'd probably say the same, to be honest. Yeah, because it's just an album you can listen to again, but at the same time, mm. it's not something... I've Not something I ever thought I would listen to. Hmm. It's not, it's not something most people thought they'd listen to when it came out. Yeah. It was so out there when it came out. It was just new and different. Mm. But we have been going on for quite a while. <laughs> We have. We should probably we should probably switch track to the album you made me listen to. Ah yes, I made you listen to as it is debut as it is is debut album. That's a hard thing to say, right? As it is why, why debut, debut album. You... Never happy ever after. There we go. That's good enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, so, what did you think? What I fight because like, um. You said uh, last episode that you chose this album because to you it was the uh, definition of pop punk. Yeah, I need to reiterate that. What I meant was when I think of pop punk, I think of that album, whereas I also think of things like um, Black Veil Brides, uh, uh, oh God, then Sleeping With Science. There's loads of other pop punk things, but that's the album that I like the most and I feel it's not 
I word that very badly. But... Oh, yeah. But I'd actually agree with you on it. Seriously? It's kind of like the definition of pop punk in the worst way possible. Oh, come on. It's a good album. Like, uh, It has its moments, but I just kept thinking that, like, this is my point. This is the point I have to make. Pop punk is not, should not be pure anger. Yeah. It should not be, where's my notes? How do you get pure just anger be, off this album? It just sounds like misguided anger and rage. It's got very strong, like, notes of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. To me, I, it sounded very like it sounded quite heavy metally, but yeah. more pop punky. Mm, I, I think pop punk should take that anger and channel it, focus it into great songwriting and music creation. Yeah, and like targeted and precise and precision, because that's how you do things. That's how you make the best stuff. This just sounds like a sort of anger as an end and not a means to an end. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like they had to prove themselves with this album because this is a British bass band, the first ever British bass band to be signed by Fearless Records. Right. So some of the top pop punk music is on that record. So they felt they had to prove themselves, especially since they're coming from a country that isn't really known for pop punk anymore. It's more American now when it used to be the other way around, if I'm thinking... Correct, yeah, man. well, punk kind of came from England yeah. more than America. I mean, America had a lot of like very strong punk, punk bands, like like the Dead Kennedys and that mm. kind of thing, but Britain was kind of like the focal point of punk almost. Yeah, it's just, it was their first, it was also their first full album. They had only ever released EPs before that, and they had released four mm. of them. Yeah. So it was uh, also a big jump for them as well, in a sense. But at the same time, I feel like it's really good. I don't get hints of anger in it, though. When I think about it, I think... It just- it just sounds like rage. What like, songs like... would you say rage were in? Like, uh, um, let me run through the track list. I've got to find it. Um, um, cheap shots and setbacks. Oh, it very. It just like, there's a lot of swearing thrown in for no reason. For example, mm. and that because like swearing is an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, and music swearing is when is an incredibly powerful and evocative thing. But if it's just thrown in for no reason, it loses all its potency. Mm. And I just, it just feels to me like this was just... The swearing in this was just thrown in because they felt like they had to do it. No, I felt like it worked. Like, I'm trying to think of where swearing was actually included. Like, what lines? Oh, it was mainly in the bridge when they swore, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah. Hang on, I'm trying to get the lyrics up now. <laughs> it's near the end. Yeah. Like, I feel like that works. But the line is, I'm fucking fine, so go and take them all back. You don't need the fucking in there. No, I... It probably would have been... It probably would have been better if you didn't have the fucking in there. Mm. I don't need your cheap shots and setbacks. I'm fine, so go take them all back. The fucking doesn't add anything. I feel like it It doesn't enhance anything. I feel like just... For me, that is the only sense of anger in that song. The rest of it, I find, is, like, a sort of... In a sense of fuck you, to the, like, because they started out on YouTube. Like, I should have, like, like, they started out on YouTube, so YouTube is known for its trolls and its horrible comments. And so 
and especially if you're doing a band straight from YouTube, it's hard and you have a lot of setbacks yeah. to actually get what you want. So I feel like it really works because it does show the anger that they hold. And like after like the whole time that they had said the entire like time, finally that anger kind of comes out and then it kind hmm. of goes away again. So but I feel like that's a really well-placed uh, swear. See, like, I don't think swearing should be done as liberally as a lot of modern pop punk does this is one of my problems with it it's you it doesn't use it's not used as substance yeah like my favorite pop punk album of all time barely has any swearing in it whatsoever like if you look at like how uh green day uses it in american idiots yeah that's how you want to use it yeah okay. very pinpoint very precise very accurate very sparsely mm, okay. relatively sparsely so that's my kind of it's just this feels like a and like if you listen to something like uh like i said sort of sounds very inspired by heavy metal there's i can hear a lot of slayer in this and if you listen to slayer and then listen to this you can mm. hear it because heavy metal is where you want the raw anger just yeah. vomited onto a page because there it works yeah i can yeah here you need more finesse you need more i mean it's their first album like you said so it's going to be a rip, bit rough yeah but it needs more control i, yeah, I think the main reason why i like this album is that it's not really... You can listen to just one song all of a sudden and it works on its own. And as a whole, it does sort of work, but at the same time, you could just, like, separate it probably into a few EPs, which I, which is the problem with this album for me. You could yeah. seriously just separate it into, like, a couple different EPs and it would work. But at the same time, yeah. that's that's all they had made before this yeah an album should be a cohesive whole yeah and not a collection of songs i will say that uh dial tones and my oceans are lakes are probably the closest i think it gets to uh being where it needs to be yeah dial tones it's the, is my those, favorite song those songs those songs are really evocative yeah those songs work really well and it works but oh, yeah. it's just a shame that they the couldn't the put album... that onto the yeah. whole album I... yeah yeah, I think when you they, do they, listen, yeah. Yeah, they feel. I feel like they refined those albums to those songs to a perfect point. They kind of ran out of time for the rest of the album. Yeah, like um, Dial Tones was the first single off the album. Like mm. that was the first single. I can't remember what the others were, but at the same time, I guess that proves a point. Like I can name the first single definitely, but then oh, mm. Cheap Shots was the next single, but that's because those two songs are my favourite songs as well. So, yeah, they would have worked really hard on that to make sure their first single was perfect sort of the thing. Sing the singles were Dial Tones, Concrete, and Cheap Shots and Setbacks. Ah, Concrete. Aside from Dial Tones and My Oceans Were Lakes, none of these songs, like, it all felt very... Like, those two songs stood out. Because mm. they're one after the other, and they stand out really well, but they stand out against this backdrop of very samey sounds yeah um oh can't help myself is another good song for me it doesn't do anything to push the genre mm. yeah but i because i i have to i have to clarify this like i feel like i have to clarify this <laughs> i like pop punk yeah i know you do that's why i, I picked like... this album yeah. for you i was i was trying to be nice but yeah i, I like pop punk i really do i think mm. it's great it's a great way to it's a great evolution of punk as a whole because you don't really have many punk bands pure punk bands these days yeah because everybody's kind of got sick and tired of their bitching and whining yeah so pop punk kind of makes sense because it's a bit 
fresher, it's a bit more relaxed. Yeah, it's a and, lot more relaxed in yeah. a sense. It's easier I to listen really to like as well. The, in yeah, a sense. it's a lot easier to listen to, and I genuinely really like that. But this album just doesn't. It feels muddled. Mm. I'm not sure what else I can say really. Yeah. Because it doesn't ref- it doesn't feel like it ref- other than dial tones and uh, my oceans were lakes. It doesn't feel like it reflects any. I don't want to use the word meaning. Yeah, because there it is a lot reflect- of meaning in it. Yeah. It's just There's, there is meaning, but it's just lost under a lack of refinement. Yeah, well, it, there's not going like to be much ne- refinement this, yeah. in a first album, so no, it kind of gives me a lot of hope for the second one, in a sense. Then again, there better be one. Remember, yeah, that whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Was the Arctic Monkeys' first album? Hmm. So, if you're really, really good, your first album can be gold. Yeah. I mean, there are bands which have pretty shitty first albums. Mm. There are great bands which have really shitty first albums, and I'm sorry to say, Pink Floyd's first album's pretty bloody rubbish. Yeah, and Pink Floyd is seen as a British freaking classic. Like, yeah, the Pink amount Floyd's of records of Pink Floyd that we have in this house yeah, is unbelievable. And they're a fantastic band. Yeah. But their first album's pretty, pretty shitty, to be honest. Mm. To be brutally honest, it's not spectacular. So, yeah, there is that sense of evolving and growing. Yeah. And I do hope these guys evolve and grow. But it felt yeah. like this album needed more time in the oven. Yeah. I've... I'm trying to think of when this album was released. Uh, April 2015. Right, so it was a y- that was only a few months after they got signed. Like, a, yeah. a year, maybe just maybe over half a year. Like, over six months? So mm. they didn't have... Six yeah. months to make an album is not a lot of time. No. Because so you've got to did... write the song... Because were any of these songs on earlier EPs? Um, Can't Help Myself was on an earlier EP. And when you hear this musical difference, like the me- it's yeah. a lot different and a lot hmm. better from what it used right. to be in the EP. But still, so you got one song that they already had, and then mm. the rest of it's new, and it took them six months. Like, yeah. it... It needed more time in the oven. It needed a lot more refinements. I and think I... they got signed in October? So, yeah, six months. Mm. I just have to count that on my fingers. <laughs> right, let me check. Just to clarify. November, um, December, January, February, March, April. Yeah, they got they got signed in October. So, yes, yeah, six months to create a whole album is not... Because mm-hmm. you've got to... It's not a lot of time, and... It needed more time in the oven, I think. Yeah, definitely. I can see how, yeah, it did, could have done with a bit more time yeah. to perfect it and make it all great and go over the lyrics again, I guess. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the lyrics, like, even, like, it's not even the lyrics, I think, that are a problem per se. It's just that there's nothing that stands out with each song. I mean, Dial Tones and My Oceans Were Lakes, yeah. the lyrics are very generic, but they bring it, they lift it and elevate it a bit. Mm. So it's not the lyrics that are the problem. It's the sound and the flow of the album. It's too... Bumpy. No, it's... Yeah, bumpy, but at the same time, bland a bit, I think. Mm. There's nothing that sets them apart from every other pop-punk band. Yeah. Other than Dial Tones and My Oceans of Lakes. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I am sorry for peeing all over your parade of albums that you like. Oh no, because everyone can have their own opinion. Like, with... Yeah. The Busted album, it was mainly nostalgia that got me. And with this yeah. album, I, it's just a fun album for me to listen to. Yeah, so it's like, that's fair. And everyone can have their own opinion. Not ev- 
everybody has different ears, so everybody has a different way of hearing something. Mm-hmm. So something that sounds great to me could sound absolutely shit to you. It's like no one hears the same as you do and no one no. sees the same as you do. So opinions, that's how opinions are so varied. Yeah. And it's a great thing. It's a good thing. Like That's the main reason why I love this podcast is I get a different yeah. view on an album that I love. It doesn't change how much I love the album. It may change how yeah. I think about the album a little, especially with the busted one. But at the same time, I'm still gonna listen to it. I'm still gonna enjoy it. I'm just gonna try and avoid mm. the lyrics sometimes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, anything else to say about this album? Uh, not really. I can't think of anything else I want to add. Yeah. So, what would you rate it? Probably a four out of ten. Yeah. Like it's not something I'd listen to again. It's not grossly overly offensive to my ears it has a few moments where it shines yeah but four four point five i'll say i'll say four point five right if this goes on long enough hopefully i'll be able to show you their second album and see and you can say if they've improved or not i'm do they have a second album out not yet i'm hoping and might not be for a while because they've done a lot of touring recently yeah Right. So let's see if this goes that this yeah. podcast goes that long. <laughs> Who knows? And, and on that note, thank you all so much for listening. As always, if you want, you can follow us on Twitter at Family Albumcast, where I'll post when the new podcast episodes go live on iTunes. And I will continue to badger him to try and get him to tweet yeah. more. I can give you the login, and you can tweet from it. Sure, you can trust me with that. <laughs> As long as you don't dick about with it too much, sure. Alright. And that might actually help us. <laughs> Rebecca, your album for next week. Oh, Lord. Right. Now, this album... I have been dancing around two albums by the same artist. Right. One album is considered to be their finest album. Okay. And one album, and the other album, was still well-received. It was their last album, and it was the, one that int- it was the album that introduced me to the group. I have decided right this moment <laughs> that I'll choose the latter right. for you to listen to. So the album you have to listen to is Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Kill- Killjoys right. by My Chemical Romance. Oh. Because that, to me, is the pinnacle of what pop punk can be. Yeah, yeah, no. Focus, My precise, Chemical yeah. taking anger and projecting it into a specific moment. And I chose that album over the Black Parade because I think this album's a lot more accessible. Yeah. The Black Parade is still very... It's good. It's great. I love it. But it's very much mid-genre pop punk. Yeah. Whereas... Because I actually prefer Danger Days over the Black Parade. People are going to kill me for that, but I do. I'm sorry. No, I think I've heard part of Danger Days' album. I... And the final nail in Never Happy Ever After's Coffin... <laughs> I have to add this because I forgot to. Because I listened to the finished listening to the album, and I was like, I, I questioned whether I was wrong about pop punk and whether it's not actually all that good. So I listened to uh, Danger Days. Yeah. And I got more enthused by the lines na 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 than the entirety of Never <laughs> Happy right. Ever After. Right. So this is yeah. My Chemical Romance is the pinnacle of pop punk. I think yes. that that's why I needed to reiterate why it's yes my yeah. my chemical romance is the pinnacle of pop punk, right? Yes, oh, the album for you. My head is spinning now because I got two albums in my head, but my brain's mm. going 
one's a lot more cohesive, I think, than the other. And I kind of want to give you a cohesive album, because... Yeah. Makes more sense, but at the same time, it's not that cohesive, because I guess the albums that I listen to are albums that aren't that... Albums that are great just to listen to and go in and out of, sort of thing. Because whenever I listen to music, I'm doing something, and so my full attention isn't on the music... It's on whatever I'm doing, and then every now and then, music, I'll just kind of just stop and concentrate to the music. Get to the point. <laughs> I'm going to give you another debut album right. from another YouTube band, because I have been following this band since they started. Since their, what seems now, when I look back at it, a quite it's still a good song, but the first ever song they released wasn't that great. So you are going to be listening to... Against the Currents album, In Our Bones. Because that is one of my favourite albums of this year. Like, it came out this year, and it was... I think it's the first ever album I pre-ordered. No, Panic at the Disco's new album was the first album I've ever pre-ordered. This is the second one. I don't like pre-ordering normally. No, nor do I. Because... To me, pre-ordering an album is the pinnacle of how much I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. The only album I ever pre-ordered was Taylor Swift's 1989. (laughs) Not a joke. I know it's not a joke. It's, but no, like so. I've only ever pre-ordered two albums in my life, and I. It's because a Panic at the Disco, even if it's on Brendan Urie, you can't go wrong in a sense. And I had already no. listened to several se- uh, several singles, but with this album, it was the first ever album where I hadn't listened to any of the songs, but I just knew because it was them and where where the sound was at that time. It was something that I would really enjoy, and they didn't disappoint me. And I'm really hoping you like the idea and see why. Okay, fingers crossed. (laughs) I really don't want another album to be shat on. Yeah, so do I. I don't like like shitting on albums as much as you may think I do. No, I know you don't. I do a bit, but not (laughs) usually. (laughs) Thank you all for listening again, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.